here we go. On this Monday, it is the 16th day of January 2023, uh, and you are uh, in the midst of Real Talk Memphis, 6 o'clock straight up uh, on this day that we uh, celebrate and commemorate the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, I am your host, Chip Washington. Very happy to be here uh, in the air chair this evening. The gang's all here. We're uh, fired up and ready to go uh, on uh, this uh, day of uh, service. Uh, this is a day on and not a day off. And I hope that uh, you had a chance to get some rest, but also uh, go out and uh, do something uh, good for somebody else uh, on on this day, because that's uh, the message that Dr. King uh, would have wanted us all to heed on this particular day. Um, uh, You know, when we think about uh, his life and his legacy and what we see today uh, out here kind of makes us wonder if we're really living his dream and how uh, he would perceive uh, society today. Yesterday was his actual birthday, January 15th. Uh, had he lived, he would have been 94 years of age. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, uh, I worked downtown uh, in that area uh, during the early parts of the day, uh, and uh, it was just, it was packed. It was just full of people. It was packed. Uh, a lot of young folks were there. You know, they had the parade today, of course, and they also had uh, 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 a 5K race. But, you know, what made my heart feel good was that the, was that they that there were a lot of young people down there. And I mean, kids, like elementary school kids, uh, having a chance to go in and experience uh, uh, the National Civil Rights Museum, all that it stands for, and, uh, you know, witness uh, history uh, in its effect. So... Uh, we uh, commemorate and celebrate his life and legacy on this day. Now, on to the show. First and foremost, uh, you're asking yourself, uh, how do I get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Well, uh, there are several ways to do that. Uh, right now, we're live on the air, on the radio, on your radio, 91.7 on the FM dial, WYXR. We are also live and local on the TuneIn app. Just uh, put in WYXR in the search and hit uh, play and you'll be able to get us. Uh, We are also on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, You can check us out there as well. And I hope that uh, many of you do. I know that uh, for uh, most of a lot of folks today, this was a national holiday, so a lot of folks were off. Uh, And uh, but this evening, sun's down now. You're kind of gathering yourself back at home, getting ready to eat dinner or whatever it is. Enjoy your evening. Uh, so, you know, give us an hour tonight. I think uh, that we will have a decent show for you. And when it's all said and done, you can say, you know what? I'm glad I checked that show out. Uh, once they post the show tomorrow, uh, it will be available on YouTube. And as we are a podcast, after they post the show tomorrow afternoon, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast. So as I stated uh, a few minutes ago, uh, it's good to be here uh, on this day in particular, we have a good show for you tonight. We're going to talk about some issues uh, that are, uh, you know, that are sort of top of mind these days in particular uh, in, in, in terms of uh, the dynamics of what we're dealing with in our city. Uh, one of my guests uh, is Jay Ford Canale. He is the uh, city councilman for Super District 9, Position 2, and uh, he's very concerned Uh, as all of us are, about the violence that we're seeing on a daily basis, but in particular about the drag racing and the speeding on the Internet, on the interstates uh, at 100 miles an hour, uh, causing a lot of problems out there for many of us. 
Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the other issues that the city council uh, is weighing in on these days. Lori Powell is going to join us. She is the CEO of Allied uh, uh, Alliance, rather, Healthcare. And, uh, you know, they, they, they basically, you know, want to, you know, uh, deal with the wholeness of an individual. Mental health is an issue uh, that is becoming a bigger, more pronounced issue, a more vocal issue these days when it hasn't been for a very long time. A lot of folks uh, don't like to talk about uh, family members who are maybe dealing with some uh, mental health issues and uh, some of the concerns that, that are involved there. Uh, it has been coined at, uh, at one particular point in time, you know, our dirty little secret because people just didn't want to talk about it. But now we're seeing more and more cases of it. And so uh, Lori is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, what their uh, group does and more importantly, the partnerships that they are developing with law enforcement uh, in terms of the sheriff's office, uh, Memphis Police Department and alike. Uh, in terms of uh, critical intervention, crisis intervention, and making sure that people uh, who are, 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 are locked up are not locked up because they have mental issues, you know, separating one from the other. So we're going to have a conversation about that. And uh, a little bit uh, later on, we're going to be talking with uh, family law attorney Kirkland Bible. She is uh, one of the law partners, uh, you know, at, 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 at one of the law firms here in town, and she's going to talk to something that uh, was brought to my attention that I had never heard of. That January, you know, every month there's a theme of some type, and it's generally in the medical, you know, area of this or that. Well, this January is Child-Centered Divorce Month, and I had no idea that that, that there was such a thing, but there is, and you can look it up yourself. Um, but really, what it what it deals with is uh, how divorce can affect children. Uh, in, 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 in ways that are not necessarily, you know, of a positive nature. And January is the highest month uh, for people to file for divorce uh, throughout the entire year. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But more importantly, we're going to talk about children who may be in the middle of uh, an emotional situation between a husband and a wife uh, and, and, and how this can affect them uh, in, in, in certain ways. So I, I'm looking forward to that conversation uh, a little bit later on. So. Uh, hopefully you'll stick with us uh, for the ride. Uh, in the meantime, as we always do this time of the program, uh, we celebrate you. Uh, you're a January baby. You were born today or this past weekend or you have a birthday coming up this week. This is your time. This is uh, uh, where we dedicate the shout outs to. So uh, we, we uh, always do this at this time each and every uh, Monday evening. But I can't do that unless I say hit it, Brent. Happy birthday, happy birthday. There's a lot of them to talk about today. Nate Ali celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday to Michelle Isom. Stephanie Skurlock, WREG, evening news anchor, 5, 6, and 10, celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday, Steph. Marcus Jones celebrating today, as is Asia Monique. Leanne Mayo celebrating today. Abigail Rounds, it's your birthday. Belinda Shaw, happy birthday to you. Barry A. Ford Sr. celebrating today, as is Kim Woodard, Ernest Pope, Betty Ward, and William Taylor. And as we mentioned earlier, had he uh, lived, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King would have been 94 years old yesterday. So to each and every one of you, Lola, you got a birthday you want to mention? 
Here she comes. Here she comes. A happy birthday to Kirora and Avery Jet. I'm not even going to try to repeat that. Say it one more time. Kirora. Kirora. And Avery Jet. Avery Jet. Yes. These happy birthday, ladies. Happy birthday, ladies, on this Monday. And uh, we hope to be with you next year uh, to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Congratulations, one and all. Thank you, Bryn. And speaking of Bryn, uh, before we get to the news and notes, uh, I, I think, you know, we told you last week that uh, uh, he was out. He had COVID. Now, he's a young guy, too, by the way. And he's back with us tonight. He's feeling better. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, he had a couple of days there, but uh, uh, he looks good. And we are very happy to have him back amongst us uh, on uh, tonight. Uh, death to celebrate, not to celebrate, but actually to commemorate uh, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, the only daughter of Elvis Presley. Uh, died uh, late last week uh, of a cardiac arrest or a heart attack. Uh, she was 54 years of age. Now, she was just in the city uh, a few days before that uh, to commemorate, uh, I think it was last Sunday, would have been Elvis's 88th birthday. Yeah, I think that's what, yeah. So she was here for that. She always goes to Graceland uh, for his birthday celebration. So literally, uh, you know, three, four days later, uh, she was gone now. She leaves uh Three children behind, and uh, a lot of folks uh, very uh, saddened uh, by that news. All right, so some and some news and notes here. Uh, I'm going to kind of blow through these a little bit quick. Um, last week, may you have heard about it uh, over at the, uh, the, the the Hilton uh, over on Ridge Lake uh, that uh, two cars, three individuals each, uh, pulled up uh, in front of the hotel. Uh, with a with a car that looked like it was a police vehicle when they got out of the cars they had police uh, badges on uh i guess the the outfits that they wore uh said in memphis police department they were carrying ar-15 assault rifles uh they were not police they were imposters six of them uh they walked up on at least five to six people with the intent of carjacking them which they did uh one of two of them got beaten up pretty good in this whole process uh didn't know what they did didn't know why they were thrown to the ground and they were beat and they were threatened and law enforcement said that these these phony law enforcement folks said you know we'll kill you if you move or do anything at all so this happened at 2 30 in the afternoon once again this speaks to what we talk about all the time out there there's if look if law if, if, if people breaking laws out here in the in the middle of the day in the afternoon bright sunshine can do it what makes you think they have any fear to do anything else this used to be done in the cloak of darkness but now uh because of the fact that they feel so emboldened to do it uh they do it in the middle of the afternoon six men in uh, posing as law enforcement officers with the memphis police department uh, and uh, carjacks folks in the middle of the afternoon. Very, very sad uh, situation. So many of us are talking about uh, what happened uh, <clears throat> late last week uh, where uh, Tyree Nichols, a uh, gentleman uh, who was uh, involved in a traffic stop uh, last uh, middle of last week uh, over in the south part of town. Uh, apparently, officers stopped him because uh, he was driving erratically. Okay, they stopped him, and when they approached him, uh, he ran uh, from law enforcement officers. Well, apparently there was a confrontation initially, and then he ran from law enforcement officers. They caught him, and uh, there was a second confrontation uh, that was had. Um, at that particular point in time, he complained uh, of, of a shortness of breath. 
they did call um, uh, medical uh, an ambulance who took him to the hospital, uh, St. Francis. Unfortunately, he died uh, three days later. And this, he was only 29 years old. His name was Tyree Nichols. So now, um, uh, D.A. Mulroy, because it was a police matter, immediately called the TBI, uh, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, to investigate, and it was possible use of force incident. Uh, so that, that investigation is still going on. Uh, but yesterday afternoon, uh, we got a comment from the Memphis Police Department, the police chief, C.J. Davis, uh, and also the mayor, basically saying that uh, there is an ongoing investigation uh, with the officers who are involved. Now, uh, procedure uh, dictates that anytime there is uh, an investigation of a police officer, they are automatically uh, relieved of duty. Uh, but apparently it looks as if uh, there may have been uh, some violations uh, by the law enforcement officers uh, in, in reference to the procedures that were used. Enough of, uh, of, of, uh, of a case that uh, the chief decided to uh, make a public statement saying that we are investigating this right now and uh, we are uh, looking at all the law enforcement officers and we plan on taking a swift action uh, if uh, uh, procedures were violated. Well, uh, it looks like that may have been the case. Now, right after she made her statement, the mayor, Mayor Strickland, weighed in and said, yeah, absolutely, this is going to happen, and we're not going to waste a lot of time uh, in uh, making a determination uh, as to what happened during these quote-unquote confrontations, and uh, that uh, if it shows that the law enforcement officers uh, violated uh, procedure, uh, they will be immediately uh, disciplined uh, and action will be taken uh, uh, against those officers, although they have not said what those actions might be. Uh, the police department is uh, talking about uh, maintaining uh, transparency and accountability uh, in terms of all of this. Uh, we could see some action in terms of uh, what happens in terms of discipline with these officers before this week is out. And by the way, uh, the, the family has now retained the services of attorney Ben Crump. So uh, prepare for this to be a national news story. The family is extraordinarily upset. If you've seen some of the photos of uh, what uh, Tyree looked like before and uh, apparently in the hospital afterwards, uh, it looked like something was going on, that's for sure. Uh, we're not going to rush to judgment. We are going to wait and see what law enforcement uh, comes up with in terms of all of this. So uh, at that point, I'm going to pause and uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the show. What do you say on this Monday edition of Real Talk Memphis? I'm Chip. A quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's Real Talk. 
WYXR is supported by the Howland Center at the Howland Center Music and Theater Series. Evening with Don Bryant and the Don Bryant and the Bow Keys on Friday, Memphis Soul Man Don Bryant was a high record during the label's 1970s heyday. However, many didn't discover his talent until the release of his 2017 album Don't Give Up on Love, his first soul album in 48 years. More information at Orpheum-Memphis.com. WYXR is supported by Shell Days Music Festival, presented by Mempho, April 21st and 22nd at Overton Park Shell. Shell Days will feature two days of music with Trampled by Turtles, Southern Avenue, Leftover Salmon, Neil Francis, Paul Thorne, and Bailey Bigger. More information at memphopresents.com. WYXR is supported by the Germantown Performing Arts Center, presenting Nico Case on Saturday, February 4th. Nico Case is on tour in support of her newest album, Wild Creatures, which pulls together high points of feral joy from 21 years of solo work. The performance will include an opening set by Indigo Spark. More information at gpacweb.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Glad to have you with us uh, and glad to have you along for the ride. My first guest tonight, uh, I'm glad she's with us as well. Uh, we, we mentioned at the top of the show that uh, mental illness uh, for a very long period of time has been a stigma. Uh, on a lot of people and a lot of families and something that folks really uh, don't like to talk about. Uh, it's, it's been, it has been called the dirty little secret. Um, but uh, we've seen more and more cases of it. It's becoming more and more uh, vocalized in terms of, uh, of what, what it's all about and the impact that it has on so many. So I wanted to kind of dig into this a little bit deeper. Very happy to have uh, on the show tonight, Lori Powell. She is the CEO of Alliance Healthcare here in the city. And uh, Lori, uh, good to see you. Thanks for coming on Real Talk. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on uh, MLK Day, um, as a matter of fact, because he did talk about the uh, disparities in health care. And mental health is certainly one that we need to really put a spotlight on. And so glad that you're doing that with your show today. Well, thank you for being here again. And, you know, as, as we talk about that, and you and I talked a, a little bit of, uh, offline about this. Now, you have uh, uh, several uh, facilities here in the city, and you're actually opening up a new one here in Memphis. Am I correct in that? Yes, we're actually opening up two. And I think the article that you saw was the one that's um, the old Powertel building in yes. New Hampton. Yes. And uh, that's going to be our new call center, walk-in center. Um, we're just waiting on one thing from licensure to be able to open it up to walk-ins in the public. But we certainly see the increase in need, and we're trying to add locations throughout Memphis. Um, we have, this will be our eight outpatient location. 
That's a lot. Uh, and, and it does signify uh, the need, uh, you know, for facilities like this. Uh, why do you think, uh, this is something that you've been doing for a while and you've dedicated your, your life to, but why has it been uh, so stigmatized, Lori, uh, in, in your opinion? Uh, you know, a lot of folks just, just uh, did not want to admit that they had someone uh, in their family or maybe even themselves who were dealing with some emotional issues uh, that turned out to be uh, some mental illness issues. I think they feel like other than, you know, say hypertension, which I have and I take a pill for, there's the stigma, as you mentioned earlier, around people don't want to say, hey, I have depression or hey, I'm feeling down. Um, and there's been historically this thinking that, hey, you need to you need to just get up and get going and and um, and it'll you know take care of itself and go away. But but behavioral health, mental health is the number one reason that people miss work today and it's growing. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That is a, that's a pretty staggering statistic, is it not? It is absolutely staggering. And the World Health Organization reported on it, and we're going to continue to see increases in the need for access to services. And um, so I'm glad we're opening this center, and we're also going to be building um, a crisis center on summer, um, 3206 summer. Um, we're the largest crisis center in the in the state of Tennessee. Wow. If you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Lori Powell. She is the CEO of Alliance Healthcare uh, here in our city. And we're talking about the issue of, of mental illness. And, and one of the things uh, that really tends to put more of a spotlight on situations like this is the issue of uh, individuals out there who may uh, have been involved in some critical act, uh, some criminal activity, excuse me. And perhaps even uh, what makes me think about that is when we see people who are involved in hostage situations and holding their family and, and uh, you know, and a lot of other things that go into that. Uh, turns out that many of those folks uh, may be dealing with uh, mental illness issues, uh, but uh, still, in, uh, still uh, even with that, many of them are incarcerated, locked up when they really need treatment. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, uh, I wanted to mention that CIT uh, was founded here in Memphis, and that's the police are trained to de-escalate. The whole goal of CIT when it was founded in 1987 here in Memphis, and it's now a national and an international model, was to divert and get people into treatment, community resources, and not jail. But as you know, uh, there's approximately 44% uh, of the population in jail that's the statistics, um, have a mental health issue. We should let people know that CIT stands for Crisis Intervention Team, am right. I correct, with the police department? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we're trying to do at Alliance is partner up with the community resources, like the sheriff, that's a new um, initiative we have with the sheriff called the SAFE Team, and with the police and fire called the CARE Team, where we're going out into the community to try to link them into treatment and divert even further from jail. Because what we started with at our crisis center, um, with our jail diversion walk-in center program, which is right now on the second floor of MMHI, we divert approximately 400 individuals from jail through that program. It's the Alliance Healthcare Crisis Continuum. Uh -huh. And that makes us the largest in the state. But we know there's even more needs because you still have 44% that are that are going to jail and 
and many of those individuals really need to be linked to treatment and not in jail and then and then connected to community resources so they can live you know stable stable lives in the community that's huge that 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 everything you just said there is absolutely huge being able to dissect or discern rather uh, uh, whether a personal whether a person has uh, issues uh, that need to be treated versus uh, being uh, criminals committing crimes uh, and, and and being put in a in, in a jail cell this partnership uh, that you all have with law enforcement uh, to me is 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 extraordinarily critical do you know uh, if you're one of the only facilities uh, you know in in the country that that pairs with law enforcement like this and actually has maybe someone on site in situations that may be questionable uh, in terms of uh, someone dealing with a mental illness issue i know we're the first to start in the state of tennessee wow, um, wow, and wow. nashville's doing it now and Houston has a really large model, Houston, Texas. And I think the thing that makes us unique here in Memphis is we're adding that the EMT, the fire department component to yes. assess for medical at the same time. Um, but I do want to leave you with one word. Um, you know, we hear about all these people in the news and then we find out later they had a mental illness or behavioral health issue. And there's a word called, there's a word called anagnosia. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. But that's when someone does not realize they need help. And there's a lot of people out there. Maybe they're having their first manic episode, right? Yeah. They Maybe they're having their first psychotic episode, like they're hearing voices. The devil told me to do something to my mom or whatever. Those individuals come in contact with the police sometimes when the family member is calling 911 and saying, look, my, my son has a knife. He's coming at me or whatever. Then we find out after interviews that person thinks you know satan's talking to him that's just one example there's many others and if we can get that person to us that person doesn't need to be in jail and get them stable they can live you know um, really um, good lives in the community and be productive and even employed if we can stabilize them well, I got to tell you something. I, I, I really admire uh, the work that you're doing and you're really pulling the cover off of off of off of this, uh, which, which needs to happen uh, for so many. And this is uh, nothing to be ashamed of. This is a, an emotional problem uh, that uh, many, many, many people have. And uh, we surely need more facilities like yours, because as, as you always, as you guys say, you know, you, you, you really want to, you know, develop the wholeness in a person. You know, you want to you want to do whatever it takes to make a person whole and feel whole uh, and a productive member of society, which I think is extraordinary. Thank you. And I do want to give a shout out to some of the partners. We partner with all of the hospitals to divert from long wait times in the emergency room. Sure. And Pastor Young, we. Um, we know working with the church is critical because sometimes that stigma, if we can go where that person is and work with the churches to help them recognize there's nothing wrong with that person, they just need help. And um, Commissioner Caswell and I have been partners in a few things in Frazier. So yeah. um, trauma, our community, uh, there's something called community trauma and our community has been traumatized. And a lot of the, the children and adolescents and adults who are experiencing this trauma day in and day out and don't have the support say that maybe you and i might have they might need a little bit more help 
Absolutely that. Uh, Lori Powell, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for all that you do uh, and for coming on the show tonight and, and really uh, giving us some uh, valuable information and insight uh, into mental illness. Uh, you're welcome back anytime, but uh, thank you so much for coming on Real Talk tonight. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for having us. And when we, when we kick off our new crisis building, I'd love to talk to you about that and what we're going to be doing there. You and I will be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great one. Uh, you too. Lori Powell, ladies and gentlemen, uh, CEO of Alliance Healthcare and a really great interview. And again, there's no stigma and there's no shame in any of this. If you need help, reach out because help is available. We're going to take our next break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to uh, speak to one of our city councilmen about uh, some of the issues that are going on in our city and uh, what the city council uh, is looking at to try to address it. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be back after this. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR comes from Farmburger. Farmburger is your neighborhood grass-fed burger joint located in the East Atrium of Crosstown Concourse, offering custom grass-fed burgers, seasonal salads, and more. Farmburger takes pride in their grass-fed beef and partners with local farmers such as Home Place Pastures, Bonnie Blue Farm, and Marmalou Farms. For more information, visit farmburger.com. WYXR supported by GPAC, presenting Australian guitarist Tommy Emmanuel on Friday, January 13th. Tommy Emmanuel is known for his fingerstyle technique, live performances, and use of percussive effects on the guitar. More information at gpacweb.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday uh, as we celebrate the life and legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, quick roll call on the Facebook uh, live line. Patricia A. Rogers is watching us tonight. This is Cheryl Lewis, Michael Harris, Vera Epps. Uh, and let's see here. Terry Anderson is checking us out uh, this evening as well. Talisa Franklin. What's up, T? She's checking us out as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you, every and uh, Angie Eggleston, I appreciate you as well. Thank you all for checking this out tonight. Uh, my next guest is someone I've never had on this program before, but uh, I saw him last week 
and I saw the outrage uh, in him as he was speaking about uh, some of the issues that we are dealing with uh, in our city uh, in terms of the violent activities and a lot of other things that are going on. I'm very happy that he accepted the invitation. Uh, please welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Uh, Councilman Jay Ford Canale, Super District Two position, Super District Nine position two, and and uh, Councilman, it's good to have you on the show tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate you having me. Good so, to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, so listen, uh, we can't see you, but but that's okay. We can still have a conversation. Um, last week there was a meeting uh, that was held. I think it might have been sponsored by you. Uh, in reference in particular uh, to the drag racing issue that we see in the neighborhoods and communities in town. There you are. And uh, also the speeding up and down the interstates, which has just become so dangerous and really is scaring the heck out of people. Uh, what made you decide uh, to have, have this meeting and, and, and really you know, talk about some of the things uh, that are bothering you and many of your constituents in reference to this? Yeah, Chip, that's a great question. Uh, it was time for the, the public to have their voice heard and to have the chief of police and to have engineering and to have the district attorney general there uh, to answer questions and to hear their their concerns and because they're scared. People are scared. These people are terrorizing our streets all over our city on a daily basis. And it's the number one uh, complaint that I'm getting through my office right now. And, and, you know, in my other job in the funeral business, I'm all over the city, certainly within uh, my district, but also well, well outside it. And I see it myself every day. I saw it just, just several times today. Uh, and it's got to stop before we continue to lose innocent lives. You know, that, that is something. And, and, and you mentioned it really there, uh, you know, and, and it's an honest assessment. People are scared. They're frustrated. They're angry uh, with so much uh, that is going on out here. You know, you're having to look over your shoulder, crimes being committed uh, in, in the middle of the day doesn't seem to be uh, anything uh, that, that, that uh, fears uh, individuals who are committing criminal acts. What, what's your take on all that? And, and as a council, I, I know that uh, they're burning up your ears and the phone lines, uh, citizens every day about things like this. Where are we and, and, and what, if anything, can be done uh, to, to act as a deterrent uh, for all that we see on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a great question. So where we are is the police department is somewhat strapped because they the criminals know that MPD cannot uh, engage in a high pursuit, high speed pursuit and chase a lot of them. So a lot of times, and I've heard this complaint come through several times that, that uh, a car blew past somebody going, you know, north of 100 miles an hour and there was happened to be an MPD car in the, in the neighborhood and they didn't even uh, turn their lights to, to attempt right. to stop them. Right. right. Um, so the penalty has got to be greater. It's got to come from the state. You know, there there is bipartisan support right now in Nashville. Um, I've heard Senator Lamar talk about it. Uh, Representative Gillespie is going to carry a bill. I know that uh, newly elected Senator Brent Taylor is also interested in Representative Mark White. They are interested as well as our body. We've spoken that said that we support the civil forfeiture. Uh, until you make the penalty more severe, no one out there right now seems to be afraid of the current penalties. So unless we can start taking some of these vehicles and them not getting them back, I don't think you're going to see a decrease in this type of activity. I think that many people uh, will echo your opinion in reference to the fact that there really doesn't seem any uh, like any deterrent at all 
Uh, the mayor has used the terms like revolving door, uh, you know, the 201 poplar. I mean, they go in, they know the system, they understand it backwards and forwards, and uh, they go in and then two or three days later they're bonded out and, and they hit the streets again to, to finish committing the same type of crimes uh, that they were. Uh, we're seeing uh, a, a big increase in juvenile crime. We've been talking about this now for a while. Uh, you know, kids under the age of 16 years old committing major felonies uh, as a body. Uh, and, and your honest assessment about, you know, uh, people are asking locally, what can our elected leaders do about this particular situation? You mentioned that a lot of these uh, legislative actions need to come from the state. Uh, tell us a little yeah, bit more yeah. about that. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, we passed uh, some new ordinances with drag racing, um, but unfortunately, local ordinances just don't have enough teeth to them uh, to really move the needle much. So the enforcement's got to come from the state level down. And, um, you, you know, I, 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 we, we uh, as a body, all we can, you know, we, we always want to hire more police officers, right? You sure, know, sure. We want to get the, the pay and the benefits up to to where we are the leading amongst our neighboring municipalities and counties in order to hire and to retain good police officers. But the real teeth has got to come from the state. And we heard um, former DA Wyrick and current DA Mulroy talk about how hard it is to prove drag racing. So dra they, they increased the penalty for drag racing at the state level in the last legislative session. In this session, we're hoping for them to increase the penalty for reckless driving because it's much easier to prove under drag racing right now they can seize the vehicle but unless a conviction is had then they get that vehicle back we've got to get to reckless driving to be a class a misdemeanor or a low, lower grade felony so that the their civil forfeiture and the, the vehicle can be taken and they do not get it back and then again you know it's a little bit tricky because some of these vehicles we know that are out there on our roadways are stolen some of them or not, and some of them have invested quite a bit of money in these vehicles and then made aftermarket modifications to them. So if they thought that there's a chance that they're gonna lose that vehicle and not have a chance to get it back, I think they'd think twice before they terrorize our streets and interstate systems. Just joining us, we're speaking with uh, City Councilman Jay Ford Canale. Uh, Super District 9, Position 2. And we're talking about uh, some of the issues that are really affecting and bothering us on, on a regular basis here in terms of crime. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned it a couple of times in this conversation. The State House, uh, which is uh, which is majority led. But 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 there seems to be and there has been for a while uh, some sort of an issue between uh, what goes on in Nashville and what happens down here in 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 in, uh, in, in Shelby County uh, in, in terms of uh, differences of thoughts and opinions and things. Do you think that the legislature is really focused on uh, the real issues that uh, we're dealing uh, with here in Shelby County, as well as the folks up there in Davidson County where they where they legislate? Well, that's a good question. You know, with the um, constitutional carry, with the permitless carry, yep. it, it, it felt like that they had really not considered Shelby County because we did not want it. Uh, the police department didn't want it. Um, a lot of our citizens didn't want it. There was nothing wrong with the permitting process for everybody to go through in order to carry a handgun. So in that way, the no, they weren't thinking about us. But however, I think that we've got some good leadership both on both sides of the aisle up there right now that is respected in Nashville and that their colleagues up there are listening to them and are listening to their concerns um, along with the Speaker of the House. And I think that they've got to understand that the Memphis is their number two economic driver. They've got to take care of us and they've got to listen to our concerns and they've got to do more to help us down here um, because we are a big player in the state and sending tax dollars up to Nashville. 
Before I let you go, uh, what else is uh, that you're looking at? Uh, we're beginning a brand new year, and uh, there's always, uh, you know, uh, things on the legislative agenda uh, that you all are looking at. Uh, what, what are some of the other issues that uh, that the city council as a body is looking uh, looking at uh, this this year? For the state, from the state, we would, of course, like more funding. Um, you know, if the Titans are going to get a new stadium, we would, uh, you know, appreciate some of that investment here in the FedEx Forum and the sure. Bowl Stadium. Sure. Uh, we would always accept more uh, Tennessee Highway Patrolmen on our roadway so that we could pull MPD more back within our city streets. Um, and then we could always use more uh, help with infrastructure, you know, our roadways. You know, we've put a, a, quite a bit of money the last several years into paving out of our city's budget and we would appreciate the state doing the same on their state routes uh you know that's another complaint that we get a lot of the potholes and then the lack of paving oh, man. of the yeah. last several years yeah so we would appreciate that as well well listen uh you know we're, we're dealing with some delicate times uh, uh these days and some delicate issues as well I uh, really want to thank you uh, for for coming on the show and, and addressing some of these you know issues straight up and actually admitting that uh, you know the state house has to do a lot more to help us. Uh, in, in some instances, our hands are tied and it becomes frustrating for you all as well. But I know uh, that you're going to keep pushing and keep working uh, to make things better for us here uh, in the city of Memphis. And uh, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule tonight to come on and visit with us. Absolutely. Many thanks to you. I appreciate you having me, and I look forward to being back on uh, soon. Absolutely. You got you, you got that. That's a deal. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Have a good night. Thank uh, you, Chip. Yes, sir. Uh, J4 Canale, ladies and gentlemen, uh, very honest about uh, what is going on out here uh, in our streets. And it's tough uh, on on uh, the legislators because uh, we don't have any place else to turn. I mean, I mean, who are we going to talk to? Our elected leaders. I'm um, looking at some of the comments here. James uh, K. Winfrey uh, said that uh, he, he his suggestion is bringing back some of the, the units and programs that worked uh, back in the day, like Blue Crush and SCAT. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, he thinks that the officer's hands are being tied. Well, first of all, we don't have a lot of law enforcement officers. We don't have enough here to patrol what goes on out here in these streets, which is, which is uh, you know, even a bigger issue uh, in terms of uh, trying to get folks to come in here and try to protect these streets. Uh, and he also says that most of the cars, and he's right, a lot of them are stolen. Uh, if 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 that's the case, it's going to be kind of hard to 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 you know to to collect them, uh, you know, and, and 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 take them away from somebody when it's not their car in the first place. There are just a lot of there are a lot of issues uh, and, and 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 that that we're dealing with that they're dealing with on a daily basis. But the fact is this: it's tough out here in this city, and we're living kind of in a lawless society almost when criminals are. Or are, are, are the ones that are running things uh, in this town. And when you have 15, 16 year olds out here committing major felonies like murder, uh, and there really isn't much punishment, so you put them in juvenile court until they're 19 and then they're back out on the streets again. So now there's this argument about, well, do, you know, how do you, do you move a child forward into the adult system if he's only 15 years old? And, and, and what good does that do? Lot of questions, very, very few answers. But, if you continue watching this show and listening to this show, we're going to bring on the folks uh, and ask them the questions uh, that we need answers for. So great interview uh, with uh, Jay Ford Canale. Appreciate him being on the show. One final break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, something I had never heard of until very recently. That is child-centered divorce. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. Our final quick break. And we'll be right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center 2022-2023 season, which continues in downtown Memphis. Experience live entertainment with music, magic, and more, including the return of Orchestra Unplugged and the Songwriter Series events. More information and the full lineup at orpheum-memphis.com slash onstage. WYXR is supported by Shell Days Music Festival, presented by Mentho, April 21st and 22nd at Overton Park Shell. Shell Days will feature two days of music with Trampled by Turtles, Southern Avenue, Leftover Salmon, Neil Francis, Paul Thorne, and Bailey Bigger. More information at menthopresents.com. WYXR is supported by GPAC, presenting Australian guitarist Tommy Emmanuel on Friday, January 13th. Tommy Emmanuel is known for his fingerstyle technique, live performances, and use of percussive effects on the guitar. More information at gpacweb.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday evening. Very happy to have you with us. I know that many of you are uh, gearing up and getting ready uh, for the big uh, football game uh, coming up a little after 7 o'clock tonight between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't really have a rooting interest uh, except for anybody who uh, beats the Cowboys. Uh, so, we'll, so we'll move on from that. And, uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to acknowledge uh, – my pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Jonathan Jamal McReynolds, is checking us out tonight. Really appreciate him and his support as well. Uh, I'm really uh, happy to have my next guest with us because uh, this, is, uh, this particular uh, subject is something I had never heard of before, uh, ever, until it was recently brought to my attention. You know, we always put labels on months. You know, generally, there are a lot of those things are health-related. Uh, but this, uh, in January, is Child-Centered Divorce Month. Now, I ask you all, uh, you know, out there, show of hands, who's heard of that? Who ever heard of that? Well, I, I can tell you right now, my hand's held up high because I surely have not. Very fortunate to have a family law attorney joining me this evening to talk a little bit about this uh, very sensitive uh, subject. Uh, her name is Kirkland Bible. And, and Kirkland, uh, uh, first of all, welcome to Real Talk Memphis. I'm really happy to have you. And uh, if you will, before we start talking a little bit, uh, tell us what law firm uh, you, you represent. So I, I'm at Moskowitz, McGee, Brown, Cohen, and Moore. Um, there are about 14 of us attorneys that work there. 
And I would say, I think 12 of us practice only family law. So we're, we're a family law, you know, somewhat centered for, firm um, that, you know, largely practices in that area. So, you know, this, this whole issue is really something uh, I would imagine not only, you know, me, but many, many, many people uh, tend to take for granted. Uh, I, I, I recently learned, too, that uh, in terms of, of divorce filings, January is the highest month uh, of the year when it comes to that. To that is, is, is that true? It, it is true. You know, we in our firm and I know other firms in town really notice um, an uptick after the holidays. And I, I, I would think that the reason is that people, you know, want to get through Christmas, want to give their children, you know, the best holiday season that they can. Mm-hmm. And then January, we make resolutions and it's a time for really looking back at the past year and and looking forward. And and so we do notice an increase in divorce filings in January. So having said that, uh, you know, many people uh, who have uh, children uh, still in the house, uh, you know, having to deal with uh, some of the uh, emotional issues that come, uh, you know, from divorce situations and some of the tension and stress that goes along with that. Children really are uh, the innocent victims of all of this. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you all have found uh, it, it does to children uh, psychologically and what kind of what kind of damage this could pose. Because, I mean, anytime you have, uh, you know, an issue where there may be a separation of the family, uh, that's a tough that's a tough thing. It is, you know, but so often we say, you know, what is healthier for a child? And, and maybe that's past my pay grade as an attorney, but but is it better to have two unhappy parents mm. in a household with conflict, or is it better for to have two happier parents in two separate households? And and I'm not in no way am I pro divorce. No, of or course not. Right, right. Saying right. you know that you have an issue and and therefore you should file for divorce and you know, but but I do think that. It doesn't have to be, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to a child, especially if it's handled um, with care and with with two parents that that have um, their child or children at the at the focus rather than, you know, some attempt to win or to to one up the other parent. If if they're really focused on their children, then then hopefully you know, they come out largely unscathed. When you have these, uh, I would say, uncomfortable conversations with uh, two, you know, parents uh, who are going through a divorce, uh, uh, what you just said I thought was very powerful. Uh, Is that the kind of advice or or, or thought process that you might want to impart uh, with parents, you know, of young children who are looking, you know, at at, at separating and and moving on uh, with each other's, you know, with their independent lives? really paying attention to what this is going to do to your child and more importantly you know how you can address that you know even though you two aren't getting along but how you can make that child you know feel like it's not their fault or responsibility yeah yeah absolutely i mean and we always and we i guess by virtue of being family law attorneys we often become de facto you know therapists or counselors um, but we we so often are so pro therapy or counseling 
for everybody. And, and I think Memphis has a wealth of resources, um, whether that's through private counseling or through group sessions or through churches or ministry or, or whatever it is, but to really have a support system in place for yourself and for your children um, to, to help address, you know, what if any issues and, and we all need help and we're all imperfect and flawed and um, need all the help we can get. So, so we're very pro therapy and counseling. Once a uh, separation or divorce is finalized uh, in, in, in your line of work, what are some of the main ways parents can help to maintain a smooth relationship? And you mentioned the word to be good co-parents to their shared children. That to me is an extraordinarily, extraordinarily uh, important component in all of this. It is. It is. I, th- I think communication, I mean, in any relationship, whether you're married or you're separated or you're divorced, but communication is just so crucial. And, you know, to be the bigger person and to say, you know, our, our child has a basketball game tonight or in a week and here's the schedule and would you like to come to this and maybe we can sit together and just communicating. And that's a, you know, one narrow example, but um, to, to really communicate. And then, you know, as a family law attorney, if, if issues need to be addressed in the future, then, you know, there's a clear record of that communication, you know, should any kind of issues arise, but, but really thinking of your child's best interest and, um, you know, having the most stable upbringing for them going forward to really talk to one another. That's really, uh, you know, extraordinary uh, uh, good uh, good advice that you're offering. Because, you know, as, as, as we said earlier, we don't hear about this. This is not something that really comes up in, in a lot of conversations. And we tend to forget uh, that we as adults who are, are dealing with our own issues are not alone in this process, especially when you have young children who are watching both. And sometimes parents, you know, make them pick sides, choose sides and things like that. Very, very harmful for the, for the, for the, for the child that is involved in all of this. Uh, and I love the fact that, you know, you say we all need help from time to time and there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the the more help that we can all get, the better. And, um, you know, I mean, the real emphasis is to keep everything as stable and as unchanged yeah. for your child as possible. And I know sometimes that's a pipe dream and people move, you know, but but to keep their lives as normal as possible is is the real focus. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to come and visit with us tonight. You really imparted some really, really good information. Uh, Kirkland Bible, uh, family law attorney, uh, talking to us about a very uh, sensitive issue uh, at times it can be, child-centered divorce and uh, some of the things that we can do as grown-ups to show our children we love them no matter what our circumstances are. Kirkland, thank you so much for coming on Real Talk Memphis. I really appreciate you, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. We love we love WYXR. It's our favorite station. That's exactly you know, favorite I and to, only station we listen to. I, look, I meant to say that earlier. You did tell me that, and so you you've made you've made the management here very 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 happy. Oh, so you made my night. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, listen, you take good care of yourself. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you.
Thank you. You too. All righty. So uh, good way to end the show tonight. This has been a very, very good uh, show, uh, if I do, as the humble host, say so myself. Uh, very happy to see all the participants on the Facebook uh, Live line. And as I say each and every week, uh, you know, tell somebody about uh, uh, what we're doing here on Real Talk Memphis because each and every week we try to provide some good uh, information. Uh, thank you all for being a part of all of this, uh, this conversation. And really thank you for weighing in. And uh, uh, this is for you, James. Uh, I, I, I know you're a big, big, huge Cowboy fan tonight, but I just can't help myself. I have to hate on them tonight. So we'll see what happens after it's all said and done. Also, quick thank yous to Trudy Turner, who is watching, and Kevin Phipps. He's watching as well. Thank you all again if I missed anybody out here. Uh, oh, Jackie, Jackie Woods Webb. She's also checking us out as well tonight. So as Bryn plays us out, uh, we have uh, wrapped up a, another uh, great show as we uh, – move gently but quickly through the month of January. Uh, this is going to be another quick year. I can already feel it. Uh, thank you all for your support. Thank you all for your encouragement. Thank you all for uh, you know your appreciation of what we do. Continue to tell folks about what we do here at uh, Real Talk Memphis. We're on each and every Monday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. We are also a podcast, so if you missed the show, you can always go back and check out the show. Uh, it's recorded on Facebook Live. Or you can get the podcast, okay? So uh, keep reminding, keep talking to your friends about it. Say, hey, have you checked out uh, Real Talk Memphis? Well, if they say no, after you spank their hand, then you give them the information as to how they can reach us. So in the meantime, in between time, thank you again for being a part of all of this. Uh, and uh, if the Lord says so, we'll be back here next week. Uh, same time, same chair, and we'll try to do it just a little bit better. So for Nicole, for Lola, and for Bryn. I'm Chip. We're out. Have a great and safe week. <laughs>